Then we're going. Oh, we're going. Hello. Hi. Didn't give you a countdown there. No, you did not. No countdown whatsoever. Hello. Welcome to this week's edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Abrupt, abruptly marooned edition. Yes, we are abruptly marooned. We are like that um, um, trip. You know, the boat trip that's like sent off without any sort of preparation. You did not pack for the trip. You have no provisions. You're going to get scurvy out there. Um, be honest, it was supposed to be a three-hour tour. Yeah, a three-hour tour. Um, but hopefully this will be more like an hour and a half long tour. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you're new to the Media Boat Podcast, we are a podcast about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We will have chat in here at some point, but until they get called upon and until the dancing stops at is outside my window, <laughs> uh, we are continue to be the Mutable Podcast. Weekly updates, weekly episodes, not stopping because we can't see each other. <laughs> I mean, we could technically see each other if we used webcams. Uh, Oh, I have a webcam in the mail at some point. Wow, webcam is in the mail. Or at least that's what I have been told. That's what you've been told by the shipping. Yes. Um, But yeah, so yeah, we keep going. Nothing stops the Media Boat podcast from sailing, sailing into your hearts. So let's get started. Why don't we? We always start with movies, and we usually start with the box office, but there ain't none. So we're going to roll straight into movie news. Yes. Oh, but real brief update. Okay. Um, there's So we don't do box office update anymore because there is no new releases, and we don't do any uh, web or like video on demand numbers because they never release them. However, next month, Scoob, the animated Scooby-Doo film, will be coming straight to home release. Yes, I saw this. Yes, Probably as smart. the update to that. Yeah, that, that is smart because, yeah, there's no place to put that right now. Well, it doesn't make sense to you, like, hold it off either. But hey, yeah. we will, uh, just following the line of Trolls World Tour, we will get Scoob into our homes next month. Yep, so look forward to that, question mark? I don't know. I, I like the trailer. It was kind of like a fun trailer. Seems okay. I mean, people thought the Scooby-Doo baby was cute. Baby Scooby. Yes. Uh, right alongside all the baby group, baby yeah. uh, Yoda. A, baby a pup named Scooby-Doo, if you will. Uh, isn't that Scrappy-Doo? No, there's Scrappy-Doo, but there's also there was also a series called A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, which was about a puppy version of Scooby-Doo. Uh, yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> That's actually uh, a bunch of the creative team that went on to work on Tiny Toons Adventures and uh, Animaniacs started on that show okay. at Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Um, anyway. Yes, we're having fun. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're having so much fun here. Let's talk about movie news. Our first real story, non-Scooby-Doo related story is... A little update about that South by Southwest um, digital version that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, yes. Starting Monday, you will be able to stream the virtual festival version of South by Southwest on Amazon Prime. 
This will take place between April 27th to May 6th. The selection will feature 40 shorts, features, and episodic programs to choose from in front of the Amazon Prime paywall, read free. Participants in the uh, virtual fest have received fees to screen their title, but many are still seeking distribution, which is the purpose typically of showing your film at a festival. Notable right. films participating include My Darling Vivian by Matt Riddlehoover, uh, whose previous film was What's the Matter with Gerald. Uh, that movie, uh, My Darling Vivian, is about Johnny Cash's first wife and the mother of his four daughters. In addition to online panels and Q&As, the streamer has also pledged to highlight Free the Work, unquote, which is dedicated to identifying systemic inequalities in film, television, and advertising media, and finding actionable solutions to expand access for underrepresented creators. Um, that sounds cool in concept, but hey, Amazon, why don't you do that company-wide? Uh, yeah, I know. It's a cool concept, and, you know, <laughs> hopefully, maybe, who knows, they can parlay one into the other. And then you just show, sit down Jeff Bezos in front of that thing. Be like, hey, you should, you should watch this. <laughs> good ideas here. Like, hey, you don't have to spend any of your billion dollars. It's free in front of the Amazon paywall. <laughs> <laughs> it's free. You don't even, to, even though you'd just be paying yourself, presumably. <laughs> you mean paying his employees? Uh, he doesn't do that. Anyway. Oh, shots fired. Ah! Shots fired. <laughs> uh, yeah, so will you be watching any of this? Uh, I will because it's in front of the paywall. Right. Um, I'll find some time to look it up. Um, you do have to log in to an Amazon account, though, to access sure. it. Yeah. So you have to be signed up for it, or at least give them their, your email or right. a email. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll be checking some of these out. I might spend a day or two listening to these things. Yeah, we'll have to take a, take a look, certainly. It's better than what I have been watching. <laughs> we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, I'm sure. Yes. Um. First of all, though, our second movie story is about yet another online fest film festival, this time coming uh, to you from um, prolific film director and producer Roger Corman. Um, he's calling it the Corman Quarantine Film Festival. Say that five times fast. Very alliterative. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, he, of course, is uh, famous, famous uh, director producer credited with discovering talent like Jack Nicholson and Francis Ford Coppola, and of course has producer credit on films like Little Shop of Horrors and Dead Death Race 2000, and is just basically known as a very important figure, especially in horror cinema and in the indie cinema movement back in the 1960s. Um, but yeah, uh, he has launched his own self-named film festival, the uh, aforementioned Corman Quarantine Film Festival, it calls for filmmakers to make a short film inside their home or backyard with only what they have at hand. The short video must be under two minutes in length, and the cast can be drawn among family or whatever is in the house with you. Uh, the rules also ask directors to use their cell phone cameras and only lighting available around the house. You can submit your video through social media for the next two weeks, 
using the hashtag hashtag Corman challenge with the winning film to be featured on his social media channels and his website. It's a fun little contest. It's only two minutes long. Uh, this was posted to his Instagram account. And yes, he has an Instagram account. Sure. Uh, but it's something to, you know, do while you have all these hours and everyone has a cell phone. I assume everyone has access to the internet somehow. And, you know, yeah. iPhones has iMovie. You can download some editorial stuff on your phone and create a short film. It is a neat, neat concept. Are you going to do this? I might submit something. I don't know something. what. But hey, at two minutes in length, I'm sure I could pull together a monologue. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to light it? Like what lamps are you going to use? What do you mean lamps? I'm going to use the natural sunlight. Oh. Yes. Ah, natural. Some yes, cinema verite. That golden hour look <laughs> through uh, the Venetian blinds that we have. Oh, there you go. Get a film noir kind of thing going. Yes. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> anyway, that's it for movie news. Um, did, I know the answer to this probably, but did you watch any new releases this week? New releases? No, but I did go back through and watch the direct-to-DVDs uh, sequels to a lot of the Disney Renaissance films. And why did you do this to yourself? Uh Seeing like, are they really as bad as I thought they were? And the answer? Yes, the animation is way down. They clearly use TV animation budget for these films. And it feels a lot like they're trying to make something to spin off into a TV series, in which Lilo and Stitch was the only one to do that successfully. (laughs) Yeah. But a lot of the films like Tarzan and Jane, uh, Atlantis uh, 2, Beauty and the Beast, Enchanted, Christmas. (laughs) A lot of those films really felt like they were stretching something that didn't need to be there. Yeah, in some of the cases, I think specifically, um, for instance, for that Christmas uh, Beauty and the Beast thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, those were episodes for a television show that never materialized. And that's what a lot of this felt like. It was a lot of TV animation like that was presented in a pilot for like separate episodes, but mm-hmm. never got picked up. So they smushed three episodes or four that were completed into a single narrative. Exactly. And that seems to be the case. So yeah, now those things are exactly what you think they are. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm using the Disney Plus tool at my advantage and watching everything on there. Yep. (laughs) I'll get into more of what I've been watching on there later in TV. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. Anywho, um, so I also have not watched really anything new. So we can move on. All right. So let's move on to TV. And to start television, we always start with our sports corner, and things are moving and shaking in the world of sports as we take this sports break. Uh, first of all, though, is, of course, we are just about to experience the NFL draft, uh, which will take place on Thursday and will be a completely digital affair. Yes, we are about to see instant millionaires as the NFL draft comes a knock in tomorrow. Yes. But that's not the only NFL news we have. 
Yes, uh, people are still moving from team to team, but the most um, crazy one kind of hit yesterday. Yes, so crazy that the chat wants to get involved in this. Yes. <laughs> so the chat's favorite athlete of all time came out of retirement, and Rob Gronkowski himself, the Gronk, the Gronk Spike. Mr. 24-7 WWE champion. Number 87, greatest tight end of all time, is... <laughs> Back in the NFL, but not a Patriot. The Patriots made a pretty crazy trade to the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Gronk and a seventh rounder for a fourth rounder in return. So Gronk will be reunited with his BFF Brady, and it is going to be a crazy season in Tampa Bay. Sounds like Assuming it. there is a season. Yeah, when the season happens. There will be one. Just, yeah, there will be one, whether there will be fans or not. Yeah. Remains, remains to be seen. seen. <laughs> I'll just like take a page from the Patriots playbook and pump in crowd noise. <laughs> wow. I love it. I will say I've been in that stadium before and it is super loud. Boston <laughs> fans are cray cray and they're like pretty that. sad right now. But no, actually, I just read that. Uh, Patriots fans have signed a two-year contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> so anyway. that was that is pretty exciting, though. Gronk is yeah. probably the best tight end of all time. You could argue it. I wouldn't because he is the best. And um, he's also had a year off. He's had a year off, so his body's feeling good. He's got the CBD medic creams, yep. <laughs> so he's pain free. Uh, he'll have to bulk up a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard not to imagine that offense going absolutely bonkers with the yeah. weapons they have. So that totally. Yes, but defense wins championships, and last I saw, they have none. I think that's the question that I want to ask you guys, is do you think that these two moves are enough to have the team back? Um, Do you think that this is going to be enough for the Buccaneers to actually... We've seen this type of move done a lot in the NFL and in sports where they create a super team for for two years to try and win a championship within that time. I mean, you can't argue with the weapons that Brady has. Yeah, he's going to be 43 when the season starts, but he has Chris Godwin, whose numbers were crazy last year. He has his number, his right-hand man in Gronk, who will return to form and probably be the healthiest he's been throughout his entire career. Mm-hmm. And you have Mike Evans, who's like perennial first-rounder in fantasy, like puts up solid numbers. And really a lot of what held the books back in the past was um, famous Jameis and Jameis Winston. (laughs) (laughs) So it's hard. I mean, I'm not saying they're the favorite, but I think they're absolutely a contender, if not the favorite. I believe Vegas has them as the odds on favorite. Yeah, I'm not surprised because Brady (laughs) to Gronk is like one of the most unstoppable pairs. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about like literal, like raw data, you're looking at two people who have synced like, arguably been the thing that have won their team Super Bowls, what, how many times? Six. Well, <laughs> yeah, he was there for all of them, so six. Yeah, so yeah. yeah like, so, I, I mean, it's... Blame, yeah, I don't blame him for being excited. And assuming Tampa Bay drafts a running back early on tomorrow, which yeah. is awesome. Uh, thank God the draft is here. 
Um, and they bulk up on defense. I, I don't know. Bruce Arians is a great coach too. It's hard. It's really hard to bet against them. Well, cool. All that's right. my take. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's some good information. I think. Yeah, I think that that's uh, probably good for the Buccaneers overall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, it'll be a. I don't think it'll be a long term solution, but it's they're probably going to win a Super Bowl out of it. So the hype is real, and if it gets to <laughs> the championship, it be paid off in full. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about other sports. Should we segue into the other Tom Brady-related Yeah, news? we can segue right into sure. that. It makes sense. Makes sense. So Tom Brady's not the only thing, or at least football is not the only thing on Tom Brady's mind. Right. He likes golf, too. Uh, yeah. Um, also, retired Peyton Manning loves golf, too. I mean, yeah, I would too if I was retired Peyton Manning. I mean, there's a great uh, episode of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning hitting golf balls at Phil Nance's house <laughs> on a, Peyton's places. It's a great episode. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the real golfers at hand. So yeah. in 2018, there was a matchup between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. It was a pay-per-view. Like $3 million purse or it something. Was, yeah, I think the winner won a mil. I don't know, whatever. But they played one round. So now the tables have turned where they're bringing Peyton and Tom Brady into it. So okay. all I believe- four of them are going to be on the same golf course playing against playing in teams. They're in teams, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be Tiger and Peyton and then Phil and Tom. I think that was the order. I Ty sent it to me, but it's interesting because they're both pretty good golfers. They're both like six to eight handicap golfers, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, for somebody who still plays in the NFL. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with this. I'm excited. I love golf and those two quarterbacks. So I'm stoked. Current date is uh, Memorial Weekend in end of May. So we'll see if this happens. Um, everyone is on board but this goes along with actually opening up golf courses <laughs> <laughs> yeah a place to do it yeah it should be fun i think they will uh espn i assume will broadcast this it'll probably be a pay-per-view again honestly i think it was like 10 bucks last time to watch it or something like that 10 or 20 so yeah it's uh, honestly, it's like a promise of live sports in the next like month. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> you hear that, everyone? Live sports. sports. Live sports. Yes, because esports is clearly not a thing. Well, let's talk about esports then. Yes, let's talk about esports. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go for it. So all you have down here is esports fantasy leagues. Yes. Daily fantasy. What yes. are you talking about here? League of Legends. Uh-huh. League of Legends Fantasy, which okay. is already a fantasy, but Fantasy Sports League of Legends. Um, this <laughs> is a fantasy. thing for daily fantasy, uh, for DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh-huh. But uh, currently, my favorite app, Sleeper app, uh, will be doing, will be adding to an actual fantasy league instead of just doing dailies for tournaments. Okay. That's interesting. 
Um, how do you bet on league? <laughs> so you uh, pick uh, the team, and then you get points for kills, and you get points taken away for deaths, and you get points for assists, and you get points for capturing, uh, defeating the dragon, capturing the nodes, taking over the jungle, and defeating the nexus. <laughs> Thank you for explaining League of Legends. I watched about six hours of YouTube how-tos for League of Legends. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! What is? What are you doing? What am I doing? You're not planning on getting into League, are you? I'm not planning on playing, but I am probably planning on watching. Uh, okay. And maybe joining Fantasy because that will definitely get me into it. Because my brother is really into it. It's like, I realize we're all making poor decisions on um, in quarantine here. I'll go over a couple of my poor decisions later on in the show. But man, <laughs> that's a new level. I don't know. I'm not playing it. You say that now. I'm saying that now. <laughs> I mean, depending on how long this goes, it's only a matter of time. But yeah, so far, I'm on a no play field for that. Okay. But hey, I mean, it's fantasy sports. It's fantasy leagues that you can sm smack talk people with and fantasy dress yes. with. No, I realize. I realize this is you missing the fact you're not going to ha that you're not going to have uh, fantasy football in a month and a half like you would otherwise. Well, also like we'd be doing daily fantasy for the. Uh, NBA uh, playoffs, which would have been starting by now. Yeah. Same for would, hockey, which would have been starting by now. Yeah, you don't have um, that either. The PGA, which would have been going on on a weekly basis. NASCAR drafts, which would be going on. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of fantasy sports. You're looking to fill here, a hole. Not just football. You're looking to fill a hole. Yeah, and then, like, baseball hasn't started to do dailies for uh, baseball as well, so... Yeah. yeah, I'm missing a fantasy itch here. Speaking of which, I have late-breaking news. Well, not really late-breaking news. This was from earlier in the day, but you don't have it down. Yes. So I wanted to add it to our list here. Um, that has to do with baseball. Okay. What about baseball? Um, the other shoe has dropped. Uh, the league is officially punishing people involved in the Boston Red Sox related to the uh, sign stealing um, situation. Okay, I have not seen this yet. Apparently, they have suspended Red Sox video replay system operator JT Watkins without pay through the 2020 postseason and stripped the team of its second-round draft pick this year. Just a second round? Yeah. Just for yeah. the Red Sox. Seems it's the second round for the Red Sox pick. And nothing for the uh, Astros? So, segue here, former Red Sox manager Alex Cora is suspended through the 2020 se uh, postseason as well for specifically his previous conduct as Houston's bench coach. That seems like it gets off pretty light. Yeah, so that means the Astros as a team are not affected at all. Right. The Red Sox are, but only that second, second round draft pick. 
this feels like the MLB is punishing the people and not the organization. 100%. Even though it's the organization that won the title and benefited from it. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Two people here are getting the chopping block, but yes, you're 100% right. Scapegoats. Scapegoats. Somebody had to get it. These two are the ones, and it's not actually... No punishments are being made, basically, on the team level. Except for that draft pick, which I don't know actually will affect them much. No, it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> even when Mike Trout was was drafted, he was like the 25th pick yeah. of that draft. Yeah, it's not like... It doesn't the, the league does not strike me as a league like football where talent is immediately apparent. No. Um, that's why they have the minor leagues yeah. and the triple A's that you go through to develop, develop a player. Yeah, you develop as a baseball player. You're not just immediately like the best around. Right. No, it's not like football draft here where you yeah. can draft a player in the first round and then they can automatically come in and turn your team around. Right, right, right. No. Drafting is different in baseball as it is in hockey. Basketball is different because they go through the D-League and the Summer League. Yeah. But they do get playing minutes in that upcoming season. Yeah. But overall, I think we can agree that this is not severe enough. No. (laughs) Although playing without fans is pretty severe right now. (laughs) Yeah. That'll be severe for everybody. (laughs) All right. Let's get out of sports unless there's anything else in sports we need to address. Uh, nothing that pressing, just the NFL draft is tomorrow, so get your picks in. Yep, we'll have news about that next week. But for now, yes. let's talk about television news. We Ooh, do- also get your booze ready so you can boo the commissioner. Sure, yes. Also, so you can drink while you're watching it. Your booze. Yes, but hey, we have actually have TV news to get to. Television news, first up. It is the day is upon us at long last. HBO Max, that's Warner streaming service that combines HBO with a bunch of other Warner branded stuff, um, has a release date officially of May 27th. That is five weeks away. So it's currently priced at $14.99 a month, which is the same currently that you have to pay for HBO Now, but it will replace HBO Now. because it includes all of that and more. I read that if you are an existing HBO Now subscriber, you will automatically be converted to HBO uh, Max. Yes, that's at the end of the article there. I have also seen that people who are already subscribed to HBO in most situations, I say most situations because there's the occasional situation, like I think through Hulu, for example, where this is not the case, but if you have a cable provider and you're already paying for HBO, the cable network, there is a way that you can convert that to an HBO Max subscription. Anyway. Yeah, you have to have AT&T service or com, not Comcast, the other one. Uh, Charter. Charter, which I think means Spectrum as well, since they're the same giant bunch now. Um, but anyway. So... What I would say is, I guess, if you have HBO, look at, do some digging and see if you're eligible. But anyway, um, HBO Max will get all the programming from HBO, plus licensed content, like, of course, the entire run of 
sitcom Friends, the entire run of The Big Bang Theory, all of South Park, all of the uh, Studio Ghibli movies, in the U.S. at least, um, all sorts of Warner Brothers material, New Line material, and DC material, and content from other Warner Media brands, including CNN, TNT, TBS, True TV, TCM, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, and Looney Tunes. Uh, I think you forgot all... the kitchen sink there. Yeah, pretty much. This is all before mentioning the original content. Um, they kind of filled in some of the gaps this, with this announcement with some of the original stuff they are working on that will premiere with service. This includes stuff that will feature uh, people like Anna Kendrick and Paul Feig. There's a late night show with Elmo that is, I think, called Not So Late Night or something like that. Right. Yeah, Elmo's the host of a yeah. stand-in late night show. Um, all new Looney Tunes cartoons, which I hear are really good from people who are in the animation business and but no. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, current HBO Now subscribers will get HBO Max at no additional cost, and AT&T services will automatically be upgraded to HBO Max at the time of launch. So what are your feelings about this? Do you think this new stuff that showed is enough? Or is it just the promise of all the stuff that they said would eventually come here that will get us to subscribe? If you're not paying for Hulu, this is definitely what's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're a part of like the, co- the cable cutters, cord cutters, and you don't have access to all this or you never wanted to pay for HBO, well, now you get HBO plus literally everything else yeah, in the house of uh, Warner Brothers. Um, It's a great deal, obviously. I think there's more here to offer than Disney Plus, but that's also because Disney Plus is at $6 a month. Yeah, you're they're essentially asking essentially asking for $2 more than the maximum Netflix price um for and a library that a lot of people would argue is better than Netflix. There's about 10,000 hours going to be available day 1. Yeah. With additional stuff rolling through, kind of like Disney does. I think the trick will be convincing people who aren't just doing the math like we did that $15 is enough is like low enough price because I know a lot of people are going to look at $15 and be like, "Well, I only pay $9 a month for Netflix," forgetting that the price has risen like three times. Right. <laughs> people still will have that mindset that 9.99 is the price you pay for these things. And so I think there's going to be some people that are not going to be convinced right away. No, but when you look at the content that is available in it, I mean, you have stuff all going all the way back to like The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Classic films. Uh, the, tr- the whole Turn TCM vault is going to be in here. I think the trick for them will be presenting it that way, um, making sure that they emphasize all of the legacy content they're going to have on this thing. Because if they focus too much on original content, they're going to have the same issue that Apple Plus Apple TV Plus is having, which is, who the hell cares about this stuff? (laughs) So they need to emphasize the existing stuff, I think, more than they are right now. Uh, One franchise that is notably missing is the Harry Potter Wizarding World franchise. At least as of this writing, yeah. Yes. 
I think I if you get that. that, you can get a lot of people into it. I think so the if you create a, if you focus on that and create, say, a TV world. So I'm going to throw out a couple of theories about why that may or may not be on here yet. Mm-hmm. My first thought initially was, I wonder if there are rights stuff with the publish publishing part of the Harry Potter empire uh, that may be prohibiting them from making new deals as easily as that they would if they could. Like, uh, I know they own the movies and the IP essentially, but like, I'm sure that some of the stuff is behind that. Oh, well, we got to make sure that whatever the UK publisher of these books says is cool. Right, because there's a difference between having access to the IP, owning the IP, and having the distribution rights. Yeah. The second thought I had, had, though, specifically about the movies, is that they may have to wait for a current deal to lapse, because you see these movies constantly on television in um, marathon form on your um, free Free form. Freeform and sci-fi. Sci-fi and stuff like that. So it sounds to me that there may be some sort of deal that they signed like four years ago or whatever that still hasn't expired that may be prohibiting them from putting it on here. Right. This was a thing with the Star Wars deal uh, beforehand where uh, TNT had signed an exclusive rights to the broadcast rights of Star Wars episodes one through I believe. Yeah. So yeah, whatever it may be, um, I'm sure that'll get on there eventually. And then, yeah, then they'll have like an even stronger argument, but yeah, no, I agree with you here is that there's enough of a package here of stuff that this is kind of like the anti um, Apple TV plus. It's like, no, we have the original stuff, but we're also have enough of a back catalog of of stuff that you care about that, that there's going to be something for some everyone here in some form. I think it even sounds a little stronger than Disney Plus right now. It does. And it also makes a lot more sense why they called it HBO Max. Because you get everything that HBO has. Yeah. But it's an even bigger catalog than that. They're maximizing your potential <laughs> of what you have. The, maximizing the catalog that they have. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Like, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, like, it's still a bad name. for. Oh, I'm not saying is. it's not a bad name, but I see where they're yeah. going with it. Why well, they chose it. It made sense from a marketing perspective because if you are somebody who is already paying for HBO now, it makes more sense to upgrade to a thing that also is called HBO. It would be right. Plus, HBO is synonymous with premium content. Right. And that's kind of what you're getting here. You're paying pretty much a top dollar for yeah. 10,000 hours of content. I'm just imagining, though, with the Cartoon Network stuff sitting so close to like, HBO stuff on this uh, in this uh, lineup. I'm just waiting for the first stories to come out and be like, my kid wanted to watch like um, Teen Titans Go and then they clicked on The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I really hope that they use, do um, some parental love. Uh, or my kid was watching Teen Titans Go and they suggested regular Teen Titans which suggested Titans <laughs> on the universe which Saw Batman or saying what saw Robin 
saying fuck Batman. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, like there's a there's a, a one, two, three there that's kind of scary. But yeah, I'm sure there'll be parental control options in there. But yeah, like it's just Disney Plus won't, doesn't have this problem. <laughs> right. Because Disney has, one, branded itself that way. And two, the content that is on there is none of the um, Warner or the Fox stuff that may potentially be adult content for them. Yeah. I think the worst thing, the worst like things on Disney Plus are probably on The Simpsons. Yes, it's saying a lot, really. Uh, I don't know anything in the Marvel that's technically borderline. I mean, there's some shits, but that's probably the worst that they get. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, obviously, the violence. I mean, like people's heads getting cut off occasionally. Um. Limbs going missing. Always the left arm. I want to say that one of the men in Three Men and a Baby does cocaine, so there's that. I did see a thing where they censored someone's butt in Splash. In Splash, yes. Her butt is is blurred. Or like, no, that's right. They digitally inserted her hair. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's so funny. Anyway. Anyways, that's about the extent that Disney Plus goes. But hey, HBO Max coming HBO Max, in five uh, weeks. May 27th for that, so uh, keep your eyes peeled. Yep. Next up, we have a story uh, about, hey, hey, what's uh, Hollywood doing uh, about this whole um, <clears throat> lockdown? Uh, what are their plans? Yes, don't confuse this with the upcoming uh, Netflix film, Hollywood, which yeah. is about old Hollywood. The actual Hollywood. Current right. Hollywood. Current Hollywood, the movie industry, if you will, what are they trying to figure out in order to continue the movie machine running? And the answer is a task force. Dun dun dun. On April 13th, the Directors Guild of America tapped Contagion director Steven Soderbergh to lead a task force to determine would work and resume. He will speak with epidemiologists and guilds to help plan the path forward. They're trying to establish new standards, among which include taking crew members' temperatures before they enter a studio lot. There's also a move to test employees to see if they have antibodies that would indicate they have some immunity to the virus and looking into the possibility of instituting waves of testing for cast and crew to see if anyone has been infected. Other precautions are being considered, such as mandating that all employees stay in hotels or assigned housing and isolate themselves from friends and family for the duration of a shoot. Further measures will be had to have to should well be have to be put in place, uh, such as providing crew members with masks and gloves, instituting extra cleaning shifts, and ensuring that makeup artists and hairdressers dispose of brushes and other tools once they use them on an actor. It'll also require productions to ask probing medical questions of their employees so they can access, uh, sorry, assess their exposure to the coronavirus. In turn, these productions have an obligation to keep their staff informed about any outbreaks, something experts say doesn't violate pol- privacy laws. Okay. But, but here's, here's my question. Bear with me, Hollywood. And, and the audience at home, just what if, just theoretically, we just wait until this is over? 
Oh, but then there's no content come next January. <laughs> you gotta keep the machine running. Maybe all of this is really worth the risk. I mean, how how much can you get out of reruns, honestly? Um, quite a lot if TV is to be from the last few weeks is to be uh, seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but. Yeah, TV strives on new stuff and having new content and season-length stuff. And there's even, like, productions that were shut down halfway through or not even beginning because of this. I'm just saying. I I, I get the argument, but it reminds me a little too much of all the arguments you're hearing from the last uh, few weeks about people who are on this very insane, like, rant constant rant about oh we need to get things running again we need to get back to work it's we're we're killing this, the economy and like yeah what's wrong with losing a couple of lives and it's just it just makes me so mad and this is just reminding me of all of that it's like i get that oh no we won't have new movies or new TV shows like pilot season will be delayed. Who cares? I think overall audiences want people to stay alive. And I honestly don't think that all of these precautions, as thorough as thorough as they seem, they're not going to this is not going to be an easy band-aid that can put on this. They just have to deal with it is not safe to make to have productions right now straight up period yes but flip side these are people's livelihoods we're talking about these are how people make money these are how they put food on the table these are a lot of independent freelance workers and even some union workers too who are currently hurting from this who need to get back to work so they can uh, provide so the question here is who is the responsibility? Where is the onus on, right? And I don't think it's the onus on these workers to work in danger in order to be fed and live in their houses. The onus is on the government to provide this to them in, this, in like the way of these stimulus packages that need to be more designed towards workers and less designed towards businesses, giant corporations, less designed to bail out enormous institutions, and more designed to keep these crew members alive and eating. They should not be working, but I do agree that they should be living. And you cannot have the two things together. They cannot continue to work when it is dangerous for them to do their job. I agree that it is still dangerous, but, you know, we are coming up on the beginning of May here, almost two months where things have come to a halt. People are getting antsy. That's all I'm saying. Sure, but being antsy is not an excuse to put other people in danger. Oh, no, um, I 100% agree. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just that's kind of how I'm feeling about all this right now. And yeah, this that's is why big... this task force isn't being formed. So <laughs> they can make their decision. 
Yeah, I, I realize and that. And set just... rules and boundaries ahead of all of this. I think so. The guilds, when they come to still the middle of negotiations, because as we recall, the DGA and the WGA, and even the, the PGA, Producers Guild, still have not signed new contracts. Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever they conclude, whatever conclusions that they get to, I really hope that they prioritize uh, the importance of keeping everybody away from productions right now until we are clear to continue. That's my hope. Just wait for the new game show, Isolation. <laughs> well, I'm living that every day. Yeah, but are you possibly earning $100,000 if you win? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Not yet, at least. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on. That's it for television news. I understand that you've been watching some television. I've been watching some television. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Um, so, tell first, me about it. Tell you what I've been watching? Yeah, that's what All we're right. doing. Uh, so, I meant to talk about this last week, but I forgot about it and didn't get around to it. But, uh, Shaq, the Shaqtus, the Big Diesel, <laughs> Shaq a Million, the Big Aristotle, Kazan himself. Kazan himself, yes, <laughs> um, has a new show on TNT. So, last year, after the season, the NBA season ended, and he wrapped production on the post NBA games, um, he decided to have a TV crew follow him around as Shaq went through a midlife crisis, or at least that's what it feels like. As <laughs> As you go through all the daily stuff that Shaq goes through, uh, where he wrestles or he fights in the UFC or against the UFC people, um, as he becomes a DJ, as he becomes the new spokesperson for Papa John's, as he takes on sharks, as he takes on his life, as he watches his sons grow up, his daughters graduate, uh, the entire life of Shaq. It's called Shaq Life. And it's this basically a documentary crew going around following Shaq as they explore all the facets that Shaq is involved in during the off-season of the NBA commentary uh-huh. that he does. It's interesting. It's fun. It's a little big on itself. Oh, I bet. It's Shaq. But it is Shaq. You you can't go anything small with Shaq. It's larger than life, just like Shaq. It's true. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Um, In between uh, the commercials, Shaq does the stay-at-home commentary thing. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, oh, you're going to watch this upcoming up. It's going to be super fun. And I'm sorry to talk about Shark voice. Shark is a very deep voice. (laughs) Also, it's hilarious to see Shaq, you know, seven-foot Shaq, up against everyone else in his life because he just towers over them. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, because sometimes it's Shaq, like, walking around doing stuff, working out. I'm like, oh, Shaq's a normal person. And then, like, he walks to McDonald's and, like, is basically touching the ceiling and 
ordering food for other people who's like, oh my God, the shack's just huge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's a, awesome. it's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've been watching other TV too. Other TV? Yes. Uh, so when I got done with uh, Disney Plus's extra movies. Yeah. The DVD sequels. Uh, I watched a show that it was advertising to me because all of the episodes had ended uh, called Shop Class. Okay. I've also watched another show, uh, so uh, called uh, Top Chef, Making Chef, Chefs Do Stuff, Be Your Chef, <laughs> Disney Be Our Chef, Disney Chef. Uh, yeah, so it's called Shop Cla- Chef. No, so the two shows on Disney Plus I've been watching are called Shop Class and Be Our Chef. Be Our Chef. That's yeah. That's makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, basically, you take home ec class from high school, and that becomes Be Our Chef. You take shop class from high school, and that becomes shop class. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. Uh, they take uh, Be Our Chef involves teams of families competing to win a Disney vacation. And shop class involves a lot of highly regarded STEM kids. Uh, that's the science, technology, engineering, yeah. mathematics courses. Right. Like all these kids are like from middle school and they have like best like robotics and design like awards and stuff. And they all compete against each other to create and build different things uh, like mini golf courses and uh, tree fort houses and uh, egg drops. It's really cool and really fun. Uh, Shop Class is hosted by Justin Long, who knows absolutely nothing about Shop Class. <laughs> you know, tries his darndest. Bless you, Justin Long. Uh, and the other one, uh, BR Chef, is hosted by Angela Kinsbury of The Office. Okay. So it. They both have the same kind of thing where uh, celebrity host deals with kids who have to appeal to them and not necessarily to the audience, but they're both kind of fun stuff to watch, easy stuff to binge, definitely catering towards that young audience there with these two, but I had fun watching them, or at least I had fun what they were creating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's like a family-friendly kind of thing. It's the, it's definitely a family-friendly content there. Yeah. Like everything about these shows were geared towards family-friendly and geared towards oh yeah, these like reminding you that you can take these classes, like you can learn these skills. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but the one I keep dancing around um, is the new documentary on ESPN The Last Dance. See what I did there? Dancing around. Yeah, I got it. Yes. <laughs> yes, and as I told you pre-podcast, I intended on watching this too, but I just missed the the, the deadline before we had to record. Well, uh, that's okay, yes. because the documentary is not complete. 
Uh, yeah. Currently, only two episodes have been uh, broadcasted. This will. Uh, this was originally going to be premiering in the summer after the NBA Finals, but seeing as that's no longer happening, and in lieu of the NBA playoffs, ESPN is delving out the Last Dance, which is a doc- ten-part documentary series mm. on the 1997 Bulls, Chicago Bulls, and Mike and Michael Jordan's last shot at the uh at the NBA championship title. Yeah. Uh it's called the last chance because that's what Phil Jackson dubbed that season as mm-hmm. their last dance of all being together. Mm-hmm. As they as it was the last time that they were all like had like the big names like Scotty Pippen and everyone together. Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson. It's just a uh, Steve Kerr, yes, that's Steve Kerr. <laughs> um, as like one big last dance to win it all as they're on their quest to win their sixth championship in seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I noticed some people reacting on day one of this thing being out to some revelations. Uh, did you see anything in, the, in here that blew your mind early on? Um, I want to say most people's revelation was that Steve Kerr was on the Bulls <laughs> and not just the coach of the Golden State Warriors. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also uh, what I've been garnering is that people are realizing that Michael Jordan was more of an asshole than they realize. Yeah. And that he had that Mamba mentality that everyone knew Kobe had because he had cameras on him 24-7 also being in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. In LA, yeah, it was the Mamba mentality before the Mamba mentality, and <laughs> people wonder, oh, where could we get this work ethic? Oh yeah, it's just Michael Jordan taught him, or he learned from Michael Jordan. Yeah, I've been listening. To, I was listening to a podcast about this subject specifically way before this documentary came out, where somebody was talking about that kind of thing. They're talking about, like, apparently this person knew. He was like, oh, yeah, no, I've heard some stories about Michael Jordan also being kind of, like, aggro towards his teammates. Um, And that's just how some really strong athletes, that's just how they are. That's how they survive. And that's how they get to continue to get better and better. So it's just that he just had such a positive outward appearance um, that nobody questioned it. Nobody saw that side of him until later yeah i mean it's something that i mean he did on the regular where he would have his outward facing persona you know the media persona and then you contrast that with what happens between the courts between practices in the locker room and they were definitely two different people but he needed to be those two different people to only have that drive to win championships but also to have that positive culture about him yeah but as i said we're only two episodes in i'll give a more in-depth uh review or thoughts on this when it ends but so far this is going to be the new sunday ritual of watching it as it airs (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i might try to like watch it live if i'm not on the phone um but yeah i definitely i'm definitely interested in seeing it because yeah 
like I told you like earlier, it's like I, I am a big fan of ESPN sports documentaries. So I am excited to see uh, how this is presented. And it will be mostly new information for me. I obviously wasn't following basketball. I still, I'm still not following basketball, but I especially wasn't following basketball when I was seven years old. So, Right. Uh, because it is a 10-part documentary, this will follow more in line with the OJ Made in America format mm-hmm, yeah. rather than the ESPN 30 for 30s format that they've been doing. Yeah. But if it's anything like the OJ Made in America, expect The Last Dance to just garner all the awards. Yeah, no. So I'm excited to check it out. Okay. Have you been watching anything? So it's funny that you ask that. Um, I have a confession to make. Oh no, you're going for a walk. <laughs> a walk? Can I interject about um, the last, last dance? dance? Yes. Yes. I found this interesting that uh, Michael Jordan. He, uh, he actually, like, agreed to have this made right after LeBron won the 2016 finals. So, like, right when LeBron was starting to, like, sort of, like, ascend and be like, oh, is he the GOAT, too? Like, he said, no, I have to make this movie and show everyone that I'm actually the man. So, <laughs> I found that interesting, at least. Okay, yeah. The timing of that. Yeah, it is interesting, the timing of it, because I've had this footage since 1997. Right, exactly. And just been sitting in a vault somewhere in... Uh, Underneath the United Airways Arena, right for years, <laughs> <laughs> they decided to bear that to dig out. Yeah, but it, yeah. it will be interesting where they decide to like take this dock and how they portray portray Michael Jordan. Yeah, either in like the best of lights, the worst of lights, and just the whole like team that team in general. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see like multiple sides of his personality for sure. Anyway, you were watching something. Well, so it's more like what I didn't watch. So yeah, follow up from last week. I did not, I chose not to engage in the bachelor colon. Um, what was the listen to your heart? Yes, listen to your heart. Um, I may or may not go back to it, but yeah, I just did not have the motivation to go back into that pit of despair. So, so no, I did not watch any television this week. Okay. Uh, in that case, I have a surprise television. Okay, surprise me with television. Uh, what is it called? Okay, so. You know how I was watching, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but you know we were watching The Circle and then Love is Blind? Yes. Well, there's new trash TV on Netflix. Okay. Uh, It's called Sexless Island. (laughs) Wait, okay. I'm going to propose two options about what I think this is. It is either one... A story, an animated story about an island uh, that uh, wants to have sex, and the island is trying to proposition other islands to have sex with it. Or, number two, it's a trashy reality show in which they get a bunch of virgins to uh, be on an island together. Uh, it is... Take the number two uh-huh. and reverse it. 
It's a bunch of, oh, it's a bunch of sex-crazed maniacs that are told that they cannot have sex with each other? Yes. Wow. I, I don't think we talked about this last week. <laughs> no, we did not. No, it's also not called uh, Sexless Island. It's called Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> they oh, get 10 of like the best looking people ever, but also 10 of the most douchiest people ever where they just constantly like swipe right and constantly just have hookups but no meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. And Sexless Island is supposed to teach them how to have a meaningful relationship, how to connect with people that shouldn't just be all about sex and physical features, but how to love yourself and love the person you're with. Mm-hmm. And also there's a cash prize in it too. Okay. Uh, where it starts off at $100,000. But if you break a rule, that amount goes down. <laughs> Okay. This means no touching, no kissing, and no self-pleasure. No self-pleasure either? Yes. That seems a little unfair. Uh, you'd think that. Yeah, I would. But no, that's part of like the whole thing of like sex shouldn't just be an a release. It should be Yeah, that was loud. It shouldn't be like a release. It should be like part of like an, a bonding experience. Uh, sure, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know if I agree with all the points of this premise here. Um, oh, but it's hilarious. But yeah, I bet that that makes some uh, really awful television. Yes, uh, especially when a single kiss costs you $3,000. Oh, jeez. But that's just for a kiss. It goes up from there if you do more. <laughs> <laughs> and you see it all. This thing has an MA rating. Oh, I bet. And there's basically very few things they don't show you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it dirty, trashy TV? That's uh, a that's called a too hot to handle. Even though it's called Sexless Island, it's too hot to handle, and that show is bonkers. <laughs> it sounds insane. <laughs> I mean, because like they get there and then they get people on the island and they don't tell them immediately. It's just hey, they think they're all there for like a reality dating show, and so like oh that person's hot, I'm gonna hook up with them. Ooh, that person's hot, I'm gonna hook up with them. And then, like, three hours into it, they tell them, nope, you can't. Also, it's not a person telling them. It's, like, an AI robot Alexa voice telling them that they can't do this and is watching their, their every move. So it's just infinite hilarity as they're like, oh, is they, are they watching? Do they know? What if we bend the rules to this? What if we, like, screw up and over by doing this? And they do, and it's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, if you're looking for a new trash TV, too hot to handle. <laughs> good to know. Uh, not looking for that, but good to know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are we done with all of the television that we've watched this week? I believe so, yes. Um, 
It is yeah. time uh, then. Also watching Supreme Breaking Championships, but that's because it's yeah. the springtime. And they record this thing like six months in advance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is time then to talk about cancellations and renewals. All right. What am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching Freeform's reboot of Party of Five because they canceled it after just one season. So, and so that'd be gone in five, four, three, exactly. two, one. No more party. No more party. Um, it'll just be a party of one from here on out. And make sure you're social distancing out there. Okay, and, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes, party for one. You you don't care about me. I'll just yeah, dance for myself. Natural up on my feet. Something on my feet. Uh, then. Uh, we also have uh, Disney Plus is bringing back The Mandalorian for a third season. This is an advance of the second season, which has yet to premiere. Yes. Um, this is basically just going into pre-production right now, ahead of season three. But hey, third season of Mandalorian, all but confirmed at this point. Yep. I think that's it. Yep. That's it for cancellations and renewals. We do have a handful of deaths here. First up, Howard Finkel, age 69, was a WWE ring announcer and was the longest tenured employee of the WWE before his death. Uh, yes. Um, you know, this is excluding the McMahons, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty... Uh, I, I, I saw some people on, my, on Twitter. I follow a handful of people who are big wrestling fans. And they were sad because um, he was kind of the announcing voice of their childhood uh, mm-hmm. when they were kids. This was the guy. So, this is the guy. It's the guy. Exactly. Yeah. We also have Tom Lester, age eighty-one, an actor, uh, was in shows such as Green Acres, Benji, and Petticoat Junction. So, um, a relic of the seventies there. Um, then we have Alan Daviau age 77, a cinematographer, worked on films such as E.T., The Color Purple, and Empire of the Sun. Sounds like he was close with Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg put out a really nice uh, in-memoriam of him on Variety, I believe. Okay. So that was nicely done. Cool. I mean, not cool that he died, but cool that he worked on all that cool stuff. Yeah, and for Steven Spielberg to do something like that. Yeah. Anywho, all right. Um, all right. So, any other deaths, or can we move on? We can move right on into music. So, I do the flippy and I flip it over to you. All right, flip it over to me. And we always start music with the billboard. And we start the billboard with the Hot 100. And it's so hot, it's blinding as. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Once again, your number one song. Uh, number two, Tootsie Slide by Drake. Tootsie Slide. There's no T. Oh, Tootsie. Tootsie. Okay, so number I two, Tootsie. That's just the name. All right. Uh, I did actually listen to this song. Okay, what the hell is Tootsie Slide? I believe it's The Moonwalk. Wait, but The Moonwalk is The Moonwalk. Yeah, but it's telling you how to do it. You go right foot up, left foot back, left foot up, right foot back. That's sure. 
I believe it's the moonwalk. There's also like several Michael Jackson references in it. Okay. Hmm. Um, hmm. Okay, Drake. Uh, read the room, Drake. I believe it's just doing the moonwalk. Yeah. But that's the lyrics. It's right foot up, left foot back, left foot up, right foot back. So he's basically trying to engineer a TikTok meme? Yes. It sounds like what he's doing. I believe this is a TikTok thing. Of course it is. Oh, Drake. You really don't need to be on so many teenagers' phones. Uh, learn from R. Kelly. <laughs> oh, boy. Moving on. What else is in the top five? Uh, speaking of TikTok stuff, The Box by Roddy Rich, number the three. Box. <laughs> uh, I also listened to this. I also didn't get it. Yeah. It's, I also saw that it's, it's a thing from TikTok. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, number four, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Yeah. And number five, I'm going to assume this is also from TikTok. <laughs> it's called Say So by Doja Cat. Yeah, I don't, I have not heard of Doja. Well, I mean, I feel like I've seen Doja Cat before, but I don't think I've heard this. Um, I have not heard of this. This is the first time I've ever seen these words put together like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but that brings <laughs> us to the billboard. 200 your albums chart all right uh number one after hours by the weekend yep uh number two the new toronto three by tori lenez <laughs> i'm reading this and i thought you skipped out on the uh artist no <laughs> no no it's just at number two, the new Toronto three. Yeah, the new Toronto three. Yeah, not to be confused like, with number three. Tory Lanes. I think it's just Tory Lanes. Tory Lanes? Lanez? Yeah, I think he just Tory Lanes. But it's Lanez. Lanes is with an S. I I don't know. This isn't the nineties anymore. We can throw a Z in anything. Yeah, it sure is. It's always yep, the 90s here we are. At number three, Eternal A Take by Lil Uzi Vert. I really wonder if that's not like Atake. Eternal Atake? Because every time you say a take, it doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't sound right, but neither does Lil Uzi Vert, and yet I say that every week. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, number four, My Turn by Lil Baby. By the way, on this while we're on the subject, um, Christy has now started saying baby like that <laughs> because of you. And she even said the other day, she was like, she was like, yeah, I can't do it like the way that Mike does it. Just baby. 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 <laughs> you just gotta drop it. Yeah. You don't drop the baby, you drop don't the drop, baby. No, no, no. Don't drop the baby. Don't drop the baby. You'll get in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. And <laughs> lastly, at number five, Y H L Q M D L G and a vowel mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by Bad Bunny. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's how you win Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yes, you, you got you got to have one vowel in there though. <laughs> yes. Why does it count? <laughs> Why is sometimes a vowel? <laughs> Not in this case. <laughs> All right, those are your Billboard charts. What's uh, hey, what am I listening to this week? Uh, I don't know. Probably some Carly Jepsen. But I don't know what you're listening to this week. 
<laughs> but here are the new releases. All right. Uh, we have Angel Miners and the Lightning Riders uh-huh. by AWOL Nation. That is not the name of a band, although it does sound like it. <laughs> AWOL Nation is the name of a band. Yes, but Angel Miners and the Lightning oh, Riders yeah, it does is the name like of the album. <laughs> right. Not to be confused with King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. <laughs> Blizzard Wizard. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Shadow Legends by Rain. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Rain Shadow Legends. <laughs> no, it is not Rain Shadow Legends. And oh no. my God, if I have to see another ad for Rain Shadow Legends, I'm going to throw my phone at the wall. No, but that's why I thought I saw this because it's a shadow the, offering by you, braids. <laughs> do you get the one with the blonde Australian lady? I don't know. I mute everything. <laughs> There's one that has a, a blonde Australian lady that's telling you about how like it's got like fifty thousand perfect reviews in the Google Play Store or some shit, and I'm just like, how is that possible? <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Raid Shadow Legends, lady? (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we also have Long Look. I'm sorry. I can't read. Hello. (laughs) Clean my glasses. Let me look at this again. (laughs) Look Long by Indigo Girls. Uh Uh, Good Souls, Better Angels by Lucinda Williams. Looking for a Feeling by Pam Tillis. Planet Nine by Rose McGowan. Yes, that Rose McGowan. (laughs) Uh, Unfollow the Rules by Rufus Wainwright. And lastly, First Rose of Spring by Willie Nelson. Yes, that Willie Nelson. So if any of y'all were wondering why he showed up on not one, but two different streaming concerts this week, this might be why. Uh, yeah, people are like, oh, Willie Nelson, what's he doing? Oh, let me Google Willie Nelson. Hey, new album. Exactly. Working that uh, synergy there. Synergy, yeah. What proves, He goes to prove that you can totally market your record. Yep. Even now. Speaking of marketing a, a record... Yeah, speaking that of goes that. right to our first story. It does, doesn't it? Yep. So uh, this past weekend we had together at home uh, the online, or not online, the broadcasted yeah. everyone sings from their home to you broadcast. Yeah. Did you watch any of it? I watched a brief part of it. I watched, I saw... Um, yeah, I saw a couple of them towards the end. I think I saw the very end. So I saw Taylor Swift. I started it about 10, 15 minutes late. I started from Casey Musgraves and then watched it to the end because there was nothing else on. Yeah, I missed I missed Casey. But yeah, I saw Taylor at the end. And mm-hmm. that's really all I wanted. Right. Uh, but oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's I didn't fine. really get the point of it because there was no like call here to donate. Yeah. And, and there I wasn't read... like a call to action. It was just, hey, we're singing from our homes. Yeah. Also, read... here's a bunch of ads of companies saying, we're with you when uh-huh. they could I be read something... doing something else with that money. 
Well, that's the thing. They're not. And I read something briefly about that. Apparently, they specifically did not want to partner with an organization like the World Health Organization mm-hmm. because they, quote, didn't want to politicize, unquote. Right. Even though every ad was stay <laughs> strong together. I know. I was like, I read that. And I literally was like, what the hell is wrong with people? Uh, they're corporations. They're not people. Just oh, wait, never mind. Under the eyes of the law, corporations are people. Right, yeah. Turns yeah. out, what do you know? Anyways. Anyways, uh, one, of those performers, the story here. The story. Uh, one of those performers and one of the yes. better performing acts of that night was Lady okay. Gaga. Yes. Well, uh, Lady Gaga has revealed the track list for her forthcoming, but delayed, as we noted, Chromatica album which includes collaborations with Ariana Grande, Elton John, and Blackpink. Yes. Just a few hours after Target, presumably accidentally, (laughs) listed it on its website. Yeah. Uh, The album was originally scheduled for April 10th, so who knows why it appeared today. Uh, But she did reveal the album's cover artwork after that leaked as well. Yeah, so... We have the track list here. Um, there are uh, there were three or four Target exclusive tracks that I did not include here because That's I was fine. like, eh, most people are going to get this version. So these are the sixteen tracks on the record proper. If you would like to read them, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm not going to read them all, but the ones that stand out to me are Chromatica one, uh-huh. Chromatica two, uh-huh. and not to be outdone, Chromatica three. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, the featured uh, songs include Rain On Me, featuring Ariana Grande, Sour Candy, featuring Blackpink, and Sign From Above, featuring Elton John. <laughs> but Sign is like S-I-N-E, like the math. Thing. Yes, as math sign, not yeah. physical sign. Also, I wanted to point out that there's a song called 911 on this track list. <laughs> Uh, somebody call nine one one. No, just nine one one. No, no, not to confuse the Sean Kingston song. Yeah, I don't think it's a Sean Kingston cover. Um, part of me, and this might be because uh, Christy and I were talking about the Lady Gaga Beyonce song "Telephone" yesterday, and how it celebrated a ten year anniversary last week, and we were talking about how they should make a sequel song because at the end of that video, it does say "to be continued." Ooh. And so I, as soon as I saw a song called 911, I'm like, ah, please be telephone too. <laughs> please. Uh, you, you might have to wait another 10 years on that. Yeah, it doesn't say featuring Beyonce, but of course it doesn't. No, why, why would you advertise that? Yeah, she's all about surprises. Yeah, why would Beyonce you advertise surprise? featuring Beyonce and ruin the surprise? Yeah, definitely. Like, why would you advertise this on Target and ruin the surprise? And that's a answer. That's a question for Target. Yes. But hey, we have another story in music news. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that uh, at home concert, another artist we're going to talk about, Casey Musgraves, yeah. was on there as well. Well, in observance of Earth Day, Casey Musgraves has released Oh, What a World 2.0, the Earth Day edition. Mm hmm. It's a new version of the song from her 2019 Grammy album of the year, Golden Hour, 
that is, quote, dedicated to our planet and all of the heroes on the front lines during the global pandemic. She adds, quote, there's a lot to feel downhearted about on this Earth Day. Everyone and everything feels out of balance. People are suffering and the future is uncertain. In the face of a pandemic that has brought cities to their knees, a song can feel small. A melody can seem insignificant. This is a global moment of acknowledgement and respect for the power of nature and for so many of us, extreme challenges and sadness. But in the midst of all the loss and uncertainty, there are signs everywhere of human compassion and renewal. The earth is healing. Bluer skies hang over China and Los Angeles. Clearer water and a positive effect on wildlife is being seen. In spite of all its troubles, it's still a wild, beautiful world. And if you need proof, it's out there. You just might have to look in a different corner of the sky. Right now, there are so many brave people that deserve medals of honor. The nurses, doctors, grocers, and the delivery and uh, truck drivers, cashiers, gas station attendants, the scientists, restaurant workers, the single parents, and so many others. She goes on with, I'm just a songwriter, but my hope is that if I bring the light I have in my spirit to the table, maybe it could be a form of energy that lifts someone else's spirit for a moment. Oh, what a world. <laughs> Dedicated to our planetary home. And <laughs> And all the quiet heroes this Earth Day. You're the northern lights in our skies. So, Casey, okay, what are you smoking? <laughs> Can I have some? I mean, <laughs> you know she's been smoking. It was 420 a couple days ago. Anyway. Um, yeah, Earth Day. I noted yeah. that. So, a couple things about this. First of all, when she goes into the light in her spirit becoming a form of energy, she was getting into some Kingdom Hearts ass territory. <laughs> yes, I noticed that. <laughs> um, but the second thing is, did you actually listen to this? Uh, yes, I did. I listened to it because I saw you put it down as the news story. So, so I quickly I was, listened to it. So I don't know what I was... Ex- well, no, I guess I do know what I was expecting. I thought this was going to have new lyrics. You were expecting a new verse or some different... New yeah, and I kept waiting and it never came. You're waiting for just, the r- r- remix. It's just a remix. Uh, I, and I don't really understand what's so Earth Day about it because it's the same song. It is, but it gets a- away from that like uh, be- like electronic beginning. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot more like Earth sounds. It's a lot more poppy and vibey. Yeah, it sounds like... To what me, the original means- song is? Huh? What? It says sounds a lot more poppy and vibey than what the original one is. Yeah. Which is more of a, a love ballad. It's it sounded that the production on it reminded me of the production of Butterflies. Mm. A little bit. A little bit. Less so the original's production. And honestly, I think I prefer the original version of this song. Like by the end of it, I was like, you know what? I kind of miss the steel guitar here. Yeah, I was kind of having a a duality with this song where the original <laughs> one is kind of like 
oh, what a world. And then there is you, the person I'm with. Whereas the 2.0 version is more like, oh, what a world. And then there's you. Like you is also the world? Like, like so you it's like, also a part of it. Not as in you, my partner. Yeah. But you, the self-person in this world. It's just weird, though, because, like, I, the way she, like, did this statement, and, yeah, it's a good statement, like, overall, I think it's, like, really nice, and that's why I included the whole thing. Um, but I was just, like, when I heard the song, I was like, wait, this is it? Like, this is a 2.0? You don't call something a 2.0 when you're basically tweaking, making some tweaks and not changing much. I don't think I don't she know. even did it. I think someone else did it for her. <laughs> it just seemed and weird. Like, hey, it definitely seemed how do you like, like this? It definitely seemed like an alternate take that could have been the version on the album. Yeah. Like, but I'm honestly, I'm glad that they didn't go with this one. No, I'm a fan of the original, but also probably because we've heard it probably at nauseum at this point. Running through that album constantly. Certainly. And it is one of my favorite songs on the album, along with like the other 12 tracks on there. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, well, let's not dwell on it too long. But yeah, um, yeah, I just thought it was a nice statement and that, yeah, Casey's thinking about you, everybody. Yep. Uh, well, anyway. Anyways, did you listen to anything? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Well, like I said, I listened to the um, Together at Home thing. Right. And then also the Garth Brooks at Home as well. Okay. Uh, was it Garth Brooks? think so probably yeah oh i have books and done in my head no garth brooks and trisha yearwood together doing one of those like at home concert things okay but other than that that, no not really new music all right let's wrap this up with video games then all right let's roll right into video games then we have new releases still coming out here yeah um quite a few this week out of nowhere uh, first up, Predator, colon, Hunting Grounds for the PlayStation and PC. Mm-hmm. Trials of Mana for the PlayStation Switch and PC. Yep. XCOM, colon, Chimera Squad for the PC. Code, colon, Realize, dash, Future Blessings <laughs> for the Switch. <laughs> MotoGP 20 for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. (laughs) Gears Tactics for the PC. The Xbox One date is now question mark, but it will eventually come out on Xbox One. Uh, Moving out for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. A demo uh, for that is out. Christy gave it a try. It seems okay. Sakura Wars for the PlayStation. And Snow Runner for the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Yep. Uh, I think Trials of Mana is a remake or a re-release of the 1997 PlayStation 1 game. Um, so, no. It is a remake of a, tr- of a game that was never released on the Super NES in the US. It only saw a Japanese release. It was uh, equal to Secret of Mana. That's the one I'm thinking of then. Yeah. Uh, so this is its first official release in the United States. 
Okay. All right. Um, moving then to uh, video game news. New couple news stories here. Oh yeah. Well, Final Fantasy numbers have come in, and so have a bunch of other numbers. Final Fantasy VII Remake specifically. Yes, as Final Fantasy VII Remake collectively sold and shipped more than 3.5 million copies in its first three days of official availability on PS4. The official Final Fantasy VII Remake Twitter account shared the figures earlier today, thanking players worldwide for helping to make the game an early success after it debuted on April 10th. Meanwhile, Animal Crossing New Horizons was the best-selling video game in the U.S. for March, according to the NPD group. But that is just the start of its achievements. New Horizons launched March 20th for the Switch in the midst of the thing we're all going through right now. I'm not saying it. <laughs> yes. I avoid saying it if I can. <laughs> yeah, I might hear you. It, I know. It, then it's just like going to creep like, you rang. <laughs> uh, in that month, uh, in the U.S., it has already become the best-selling entry in the franchise's history. It's also the country's third best launch for any Nintendo game ever, <laughs> following Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, also for the Switch, and Super Smash Bros. Brawl, which came out for the Wii. New Horizons is also already the number two best-selling in the U.S. for the year, only behind Call of Duty colon Modern Warfare. Uh, so, yeah, people bought the Animal Crossing game. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people like had pre-ordered it, but dang. Yeah. That is very shocking, and it, yeah. it did kind of hit the right time where, well, I need something to do. I need something to keep me busy. Oh, yeah. This, Animal this Crossing. Means, this means two interesting things. One, it means that Animal Crossing, Nintendo now has to, like, has to understand that it is one of their like, most important franchises um, if it's selling right under Super Smash Brothers. And two, that means it must have sold better than Sword and Shield, a Pokemon title. Like, if you're selling better than a Pokemon game, that's saying something. Right, the fact that it's number that's that high up, um, yeah. comparably to other titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also it means like who doesn't own this game at this point? <laughs> yeah, so. and it's like when the Switch first came out. It's like if you had a Switch, you basically already had Zelda. Right. It came out at the same time, but this is like exceeding even those numbers. Yeah, pretty crazy. And then there's Final Fantasy VII, which, if you had a PS4, apparently you just already had it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised that the remake is doing well. Um, the thing to note about the remake, though, is that that's including um, sell sales numbers to retail um, channels as well. And the retail channels probably are not selling as many as they would have, in theory, of those that they got shipped. Right, so that, those are probably like including the pre-orders so that, that people bought. So yeah, physical so that, copies. So in that way, that number actually might be deceiving because that includes the number numbers of of games that are still sitting on Target's shelf right now. Right. I mean, I I know that it's always deceiving when they have to put yeah shipped 
in in like next to the sold mark. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, seeing as well as New Horizons is doing, isn't about time we switch the game up. You know, get something fresh into it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not with some Nintendo updates? Yeah. Uh, and that's leads right into our next story. Uh, in addition to like the overall system update 10.0.1 being officially released today, Nintendo's, uh, or sorry, Animal Crossing New Horizon also uh, gets an update with two new vendors, four new special events, and the museum's long-awaited art gallery in an update tomorrow. After teasing its existence in the lead-up to the game's release, Nintendo gave Animal Crossing New Horizons April update a proper debut with a new trailer. Uh, It begins by introducing the two new vendors who will visit your island. Leaf, the sloth gardener, who will sell bushes and other landscaping supplies in your town square. And Red, the fox, a.k.a. Red Fox. <laughs> Not that Red Fox. Not that Red Fox, but that's definitely what they're going for. Yes, Red the Fox. Yes. Uh, the shady vendor who will anchor his treasure trawler at your island's northern beach to sell art and uniquely colored furniture. Here, there, here are four new events coming in the update and when you can participate in them, including Nature Day, Starting tomorrow through April through May fourth, uh, which during this period, special Nook Miles challenges will give you extra rewards for planting trees, watering flowers, and other nature-friendly goals, aka okay. Earth Day goals or Nature yep. Day goals. Basically, yep. But then things go to hell as May Day, May Day, May Day tour. Uh, May 1st through the 7th occurs. Uh, use use a one-time only May Day ticket to head out to a unique island with a special guest you may have met before. It's Rover. Three ensues. It's the cat you know named this Rover. Do we know who this is? Rover is the cat who is the first animal you meet in the animal, other Animal Crossing games. He uh, meets you on the train. Okay, so train cat, got it. Train cat. <laughs> yeah. And we also have International Museum Day, May 18th through the 31st, uh, where you can tour the museum and collect stamps at the exhibits to earn rewards. But there's still more, as it's wedding season. Oh. June 1st through the 30th, the entire month of June. Yeah. Head over to Harv's Island to help take wedding anniversary photos for recent Cyrus, the married llama couple. Oh, llama couple. You'll get wedding-themed items for your efforts. What can about you also get married there? Like, can you, like, stage yourself a fake wedding or an Animal Crossing wedding with someone? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I guess we'll find out in June. I mean, we may have a digital wedding 
people have to go to via Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. But what about other Nintendo Switch titles? Man, it's the only one that counts. Oh, you mean other news? Yeah. 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 Uh, something about Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal there. Or would you like us to make a big deal about it? Talk about it. All right. So the latest and final major update to Super Mario Maker 2 lets you make an entire Mario game full of custom levels and distinct worlds. So far, you've only been able to create and play individual levels, but now you can string together levels into themed worlds and connect those worlds into an entire game, you know, to torture your friends with. (laughs) The free update arrives today and lets you build worlds containing up to five levels. You'll be able to connect eight worlds into a cohesive game with an overworld map, warp pipes, and mini games, totaling 40 levels you can uh, pack into a single game. The overworld map for each world can be designed with your own path to castle, bridges, and decorations. Meanwhile, the worlds contained in your custom Mario game can include underground, desert, snow, sky, forest, volcano, and outer space themes. Not to mention the, the seven new power-ups Mario can choose from, including creating Mario into the Super Mario Brothers uh, 2 Mario, where he can pick up enemies and ride enemies and transform into enemies. Yeah. And I watched this trailer, and the only thing I could, was going through my head was they are going to have so much fun and creativity for these blind Mario races during AJDQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That I'm watching these like, how are you supposed to know to do something like that without just like constant trial and error? It's just some of these, like even like the test ones that they were showing off were crazy insane. Yeah, no. And yeah, the the coolest part about this is the Mario Brothers 2 stuff. Because um, there was a while where people were talking about, like, when are they going to put Mario Brothers 2 in Mario Maker? Blah, blah, blah. Well, you got it. Yep. It also kind feels of. like a lot of this stuff should have come with the game upon release. Yeah. But I can understand why you roll it out to get people to come back. And this is definitely something to get people to go back to it. Especially when you can create your own Mario world. Yeah. With different levels and pipes and stuff. Yeah. So this sounds like a whole lot of fun and a definitely good reason to pick up Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah. I bet there's a lot of content for that thing. I bet there's hours of entertainment to be had. And then you get this update to add even more hours to that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, sounds like Switch owners will have a lot more to play very, very soon here by the end of the week. Yep. But, hey, we're not done because you have some thoughts down here. Yeah, just briefly I want to talk about, I jumped into a game um, for the first time. I did, the quarantine got me to do a thing that I never thought I was going to do. I started an MMO. Oh, no. But don't worry. Um, I don't think I'm going to play a whole lot of it. <laughs> and uh, What did you play this on? So, 
Fantasy Star Online 2. That is the sequel to Fantasy Star Online, which was originally a Dreamcast franchise. Um, it's also a game that was apparently originally released in 2014 in Japan and is just now getting localized and uh, released here in the U.S. It came out on the Xbox One um, about a month or so ago. It is an Xbox One exclusive for now. There is a PC version coming out, I believe, next month. Uh, yeah, late May. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the Dreamcast Fantasy Star Online uh, game, it was one of the first mainstream MMOs, but I want to be clear, it uses MMO in a different way than, say, World of Warcraft does. Um, it's technically an MMO because it... Uh, throws you in lobbies where you do see other people online. You do like interact with other real people, kind of like how Destiny does it. And similarly to Destiny, you posse up, you can basically meet anybody and add them to a friends list, and like you can do tackle missions together with your friends. Um, it's just that those missions themselves are instanced, which in an MMO means we've created this mission just for you and your party to complete. So it's not like some things in WoW are, where there's a giant line of people all hitting on a boss at once. It's not that. Uh, this is more like I am in a lobby, I'm gathering my friends, I am going then into it. Kind of not too dissimilar to Monster Hunter, actually, especially Monster Hunter World is now. Um, where you are kind of doing these missions where it's like, beat this enemy, get to this place, beat this enemy, and get a reward. Um, so yeah, that's all this is. So it seems super daunting, and it seems like, oh, it's an MMO, What's, how crazy is this going to get? But really the craziness is all in the um, uh, the weird story that's being told and also all the like the lobby stuff like oh the skill tree is over here you have to go to the still skill tree desk to add things to your skills you have to go to the quest desk to get new quests it's all very strangely organized which is probably because it's a game that's literally six years old <laughs> that has been just retrofit with new material every year um, so yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. Um, I basically, um, spent some time with the character creator, made a character, um, I picked a class that uses a bow and arrow, um, jumped into a few of the story missions, got a handle of the combat, it's pretty simple, it's really mashy, um, there's melee combat with, like, swords, but then there's also, like, bow and arrow, like I'm using, but there's, and there's guns, and then there's gun blades, so, kind of like Monster Hunter, the game does encourage you to find a weapon that you like using and get really good at it. But it's not as hard as Monster Hunter. These enemies are not a challenge. They are literally Diablo-style enemies that are there to just cut through to get to the next room. Where's the challenge in that? It's, that's the thing, is if you're looking... There are difficulty levels if you do want to tackle these missions with higher challenge. 
But honestly, this is a loot game. This is like Destiny. This is like Borderlands. You are basically trying to cruise through these missions to get more experience, level up, to get more skills, to get more weapons and armor. That's literally the game. It's Diablo. It's Destiny. It's Borderlands. So don't let the MMO framing like fool you. This is a loot game. Okay, because you had me going there. Like, why would you pick up an MMO game? That's the thing. is because it's an MMO game that's not really an MMO. <laughs> it's just that in the parlance of when this game originally came out on Dreamcast in, like, 1999, we were basically calling anything with online features an MMO. Uh... Now, yes, if we were still using that, yes, Destiny would be an MMO. But it's not. We know better now. Everything has, like, an online lobby now. It's become super normalized. But, yeah, but Fantasy Star Online is very, uh, too, is a very similar thing to its original incarnation. It's not going to blow anybody's mind. It's not a new experience. I think there are elements of it that you can, like, get really deep and MMO-y into it, but I am probably never going to touch that stuff. Because it's just too much? Yeah, because that would be just a lot. But I'm not even there yet because I'm just at the very beginning, like the tutorial stages, essentially. So I don't know where it's going to throw me after that stuff is over. But it doesn't seem like it's very, that, it's like that kind of game. And from what I've heard on podcasts and stuff, people who are much deeper in, than, in, than I am also seem to agree that this is not really that kind of MMO. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I'm liking it so far. It's not good. Like, don't take any of this as me saying this is a good game. It's not. It controls kind of bad. The enemies are kind of dumb. Um, the systems are super weird. And the um, menus are all over the place. And I kept getting lost about where to go to do whatever I needed to do in the menus. I couldn't figure out armor because they're not called armor for some stupid reason. It's stuff like that. It's very arcane and, and obscure um, and expects a lot of previous, like prior knowledge that I didn't have. So yeah, no, it's not good. However, it's mindless fun that I can play while I'm listening to a podcast, and it's free. By the way, this is free to play. Free to play on the Xbox? Uh, yes, free to play on Xbox One. Uh, there are packages where you can pay for some advantages, but I am playing the free version. Okay, is it worth it, though, to pay for the... I, not from what I can tell, but also, it, I guess it depends on what kind of experience you want out of this thing. If you just want to do what I did and just dip your toes in it and see what it was, the free package suffice, suffices. Like, you don't need to pay any money to enjoy it. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. It seems all right. But it's not a good game. <laughs> oh, all right. So, avoid. But it's free. Uh, potentially. I think maybe give it a try. It's free. Okay. Uh, I've been playing two games on mobile. Okay. One is called Rhythm Star. Oh, you tried Rhythm Star? Yes. How are you, how are you liking that? Uh, I got like 60 levels into it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Almost caught up to where I am. I'm like in the 70s or something. Jesus Christ. You've played a lot of that game. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't played in like a few days uh, neither have I but the other game I've been playing is uh, called Two Eyes Nonogram okay, it's a nonogram so game it's a nonogram game, it's a Picross it's a Picross game 
Uh, it's currently free on the Google Play Pass, uh-huh. so that's why I'm playing it. Speaking of which, I am in the end game of a Konami puzzle whatever. Okay. Um, two out of four of my puzzles now say stop, as in I ran out of puzzles. <laughs> and I'm 87% complete, I think. Yeah, 87.6%. Yes, now you know how I feel. You gotta complete everything. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that looks in the end game. But anyways, so what's is there anything unique about this two eyes nanogram? Um, it tells the same story, but from two different perspectives. Oh. It's this kind of mystical thing where it talks about like uh, the friendship between a wolf and a deer. Now okay. they're not supposed to be friends, uh-huh. but through but because like they meet as kids, kind of like a fox and a hound thing, where they don't know any better. Oh. You're like, oh, like you're just a young, a young animal like me. We should be friends. So, the story of this is it just playing the story, and then there is also cross puzzles, or do the cross puzzles link into the story somehow? Uh, it's it's dual. Um, there's like the big Picross puzzle, which mm-hmm. is broken down into thirty five individual Picrosses. <laughs> but then there's also like individual like Picross pictures that you uh-huh. solve that have nothing to do with the story, but are just there to help you like learn Picross. Got it. Okay, cool. But each of them helps you um, gain points to unlock stuff. Yeah. So it's good to do it all. Um, I completely like as I do forego the story for all the side missions first. <laughs> So now I'm getting like back into the actual story of this. <laughs> but it's it's a Pacross game. It's free or it's yeah, it's free if you have the Google Play Pass, mm-hmm. which means infinite lives, which means you can't really mess up. And if you do yeah. use all of them, like it's like 10 lives per thing. And if you do use them all, you can just like restart it. So it's fun. It's kind of mindless, but also it's Pacross. Okay. I'll have to uh, yeah, I'll have to take a look to see if it's on um Okay, yeah, it's on the Apple App Store. The App Store, but it looks like it's uh, ad supported on the App Store. Okay, yeah, yeah, there's no ads on the Google Play Pass version, yeah. which is probably why I like it more. <laughs> yeah, it's probably. I like the art though. I'll have to check this out. I might get that download. All right, cool. Uh, anything else before we can wrap up? Because I got a burger waiting for me, apparently. Uh, no, I think we are done here. All right, cool. Well, that's it for video games, and that's it for the Media Boat Podcast for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us on this recorded marooned version. We will be back next week for another marooned podcast. If you want to hear those podcasts, this podcast, and more, uh, go to Apple Podcasts or any podcast service that you uh, sign up for. Enter Media Boat Podcast, you'll find our archive of shows. Subscribe to hear them right when they go up online. You can also find us on youtube.com where our our live video versions of the podcast pre-lockdown live. Uh, youtube.com slash meetyboat. Go there and find us on there and we will return with live content once we are able to exit our homes. Next, um, social media channels, we are on those as well. Media Boat Cast. That's at Media Boat Cast is where we're at on Twitter. Facebook, Media Boat Podcast, just search that, find our page. 
email us at gmail, uh, mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, or feedback for the show, um, you can also find us playing video games every once in a while on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. And uh, yeah, and the Patreon uh, account is getting still, uh, will get on work, worked on as soon as the lockdown ends as well. So look forward to that. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week for more information. I will be able to talk about the Apple TV Plus Beastie Boys documentary. That will be live on Friday. Uh, so I'll be talking about that next week. Um, we'll be talking about the South by Southwest Festival as yeah. that will be on Monday. Uh, any other uh, things that you will be in, uh, talking about next week, you think? I might listen to the AWOL Nation album. Okay. All right. Well, then in that case, we will have more all that and more for you next week. Thank you for joining us and uh, tune in next time. Yep. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Wednesday. Never stopping. Till we die. No, that's not true. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>